much playing time and decided to transfer. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron zeroed in on Burrow and landed him. In his second season at LSU, Burrow led the Tigers to a 15-0 record, a national championship, and arguably the best season ever by a college quarterback. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. You know that feeling when your football team adds that one player with every skill they've been looking for? It's time your business knew how it felt, too. LinkedIn Jobs taps into a network of over 850 million professionals to find the right people for your role. LinkedIn Jobs helps you narrow down to the most qualified candidates so you can start hiring the right people. Go to linkedin.com slash sports to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Conversations, the upper cervical family chiropractic hotline. It is Wednesday, midway point of your work week for many y'all. It's only the second day of work for y'all, huh? And then it's nice Uh-oh, to get off on Oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. It's hump day. Hump day! I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more that what the Camel Wednesday update. There he is, Shock G, the digital underground Fox NFL analyst Sean Payton. Who's his quarterback next? Year? You think it's Tom? You think it's Tom Brady? Was talking about it earlier. Sport Rack put out a list of potential quarterbacks that could be available next year. I'll go over them here again. It is words of wisdom from Shock Gene and Digital Underground. 800-998-1003. Pelicans back in action tonight. The news yesterday. Now what you wanted to hear about the hamstring injury suffered from Zion Williamson out at least three weeks. That's when the team says they will evaluate him. There's 22 games between now and the All-Star break. Pelicans currently in third. Will they at least be above the sixth seed? Pelicans taking on the Rockets tonight at home. Seven-point favorite in a 7 o'clock game. The Brooklyn Nets come to town on Friday. That game is already sold out. That is a 7.30 game. And then don't forget that uh, it's a back-to-back. They're at, they're at Dallas on Saturday. It's a tough stretch. Not saying it can't win any of those games. But... Zion was a big part of that offense, not just in points, as Jake Madison from Locked On Pels said back in hour number one, in terms of being able to provide basically 30 points a game in, on the last couple of game stretches. But you've seen him, right, against Philadelphia and others, a guy that can close out the game, a guy that can um, take over defense, kind of assist in the offense, lead things. So here's the Western Conference standings. You got Denver at first, 24 and 13. Memphis, 
23 and 13, a half game back. Pelicans a game back. That's it. A game back in third. Dallas two and a half back. So you got a game and a half lead on the Mavericks going into today's game. Today's crucial. You got to get tonight, right? Sacramento three and a half back of first. Clippers four games back of first. That's the sixth seed right now. Portland four and a half back. Suns four and a half back, seven and eight. Warriors four and a half back in the ninth. Utah six and a half back in tenth. And you got Minnesota seven and a half back. OKC eight back. The Lakers eight back. Spurs 12, Rockets 14 back, Houston 10 and 27. Again, though, the Lakers are only four spots out of the sixth seed, right? Clippers four games back, Lakers eight games back of first. So it's jumbled. And when you take a look at the last 10, the teams one through six have these records in their last 10. Denver 7 and 3, Grizzlies 6 and 4, Pels 5 and 5, Dallas 8 and 2, Sacramento 6 and 4, Clippers 5 and 5. So you like to play 500 here over the next 10 game stretches. Remember how Willie Green likes to do the season in 10 game increments if you got 22 games left and you break that down by 10 you essentially got two stretches and then two games, right? So is it unrealistic to think that can you, can, can you go close to 500 to that? And I think if you can do that, you can stay in that six. I don't know. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. We went over some of the teams and games that the Pels are coming up against it. They're pretty good. And look, and you look at today's NBA and the way it is, again, OKC dropped 150 on the Boston Celtics yesterday and won 150 points without Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I can't explain that. But it's what I said. The three ball gives you a fighting shot. Teams that aren't very talented, aren't very deep, are just going to go out there and jack them up. Period. If you have a night where someone's on... You're going to have a shot to win and beat a good team. If they're not, you're just not going to win. You have to knock down threes. That's something that I'll keep an eye on here over the next 22 games without Zion Williamson. Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, who's been on a bit of a shooting slump as of late. Those guys are going to have to step up, right? Knock down some shots, knock down some threes. I think there's two things that the Pels are going to have to do over these next three weeks without Zion. Knock down more threes, and you have to play better defense. I'll throw in the third one, the turnovers. That is something that Willie Green, after practice yesterday, said is absolutely hurting this team right now, and it's kept them from a couple of wins. I thought the turnovers really hurt us. Um, It hurts us on both ends of the floor. We talked to the group about it, how important it is for us to take care of the basketball. It allows our offense to be elite. It also helps our defense, especially in transition. They had transition baskets based on live ball turnovers. So something that we know we can clean up, and it's been problematic for us, especially the last month. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to work on it. Now, one of the things that have really bothered him, too, and if you listen to the radio broadcast, believe me, I I, I almost start to chuckle because the graph, um, if he could pace, he would. It's the fast break turnovers that the Pelicans have had. 
in particular, two-on-one or three-on-one fast breaks where they're going to be buckets. Zion's at the rim, and the alley-oop pass goes out of bounds. The alley-oop pass hits the backboard or hits the rim. I mean, you're giving up points. Those are the turnovers that Willie Green says. I can handle some. I can handle some. The uh, the careless ones? We expect a few turnovers because we're a team that we try to pass the ball, try to move, uh, have good player movement, uh, ball movement. But then some turnovers are just careless. And those are the ones that we like to have back. <laughs> oh, how many? How many have we seen this season, huh? Where it's just, what are you doing? Anyway, but Willie Green did have this to say on B.I. because this is going to be a topic over the next tw- Do you get him back next week? Get him back this week. Can you get him back before the All-Star break? There's five weeks before the All-Star break. If you're not getting Zion and B.I. back until the All-Star break, that's going to be tough for this team. Like you, you got to get him back. And as Jake said, look, it's one of those things where you want him to be healthy. You understand why he's being cautious about it and the team is you want the team healthy which is why I'm just saying can you just stay afloat between now and the all-star break five weeks 22 games can you just stay afloat because we've seen with Zion healthy and moving well in shape playing defense dominating it, it makes them a contender add another 20 30 point score and Brandon Ingram, it makes them a contender. <laughs> the only problem is he got to get them on the court all together at once. But Willie Green uh, says they can't overlook tonight <coughs> the Houston. We don't take anybody for granted. Uh, Houston, they beat some good teams. They're a good young team in the sense that they come out and play with energy. And if you give them confidence and they get going, you know, you're in for a ball game, so our mindset is the same. Uh, prepare, make sure we're ready, make sure we play our style, and, and, and go out and execute. Najee Marshall, C.J. McCollum spoke after practice yesterday, and especially specifically about having to go forward at least today, likely the rest of this week, without B.I. and Zion. I mean, we're never looking forward to that, but y'all know what it is. Next man up, and um, looking forward to taking on the challenge against Houston, and um, it should be a pretty good CJ. I think we just play hard, man. We play hard. We execute the game plan. I think our coaching staff does a great job of preparing everybody and making sure that we're locked in and focused. And guys relish the opportunity to, to play extended minutes. They relish the opportunity to not only win for our team, but also when guys are out, you want to, you know, win for them as well because we know how bad everybody wants to be out there. So that's CJ answering why he thinks they've been able to win some games without their top two players. Again, it's part of what we posted on our question of the day here as well in that, you know, Ali Costell posted that the Pels have played some games without Zion and Brandon Ingram. They're 4-1 without them. And he said two players in particular have shined in their absence. Trey Murphy in those five games has averaged 18.4 points, three threes, shot the ball 66%. Najee Marshall, 16 points, 5.6 rebounds, three assists. So those guys have to step up. CJ McCollum also, right? To Jake's point, probably going to need a little bit more of a score, maybe help him out with the ball handling and bringing the ball up the court and stuff, have him be an off guard where he seems to excel. Could be Dyson Daniels getting the start. Look, you'd have another defender 
as well, and you've seen him handle the basketball well. Zion Williamson a couple weeks ago said he considers him one of the top three passers on the team. So why not? We've seen the team recall up um, Darren Sebron today. What if that's he and Kyra Lewis, guys that can, you know, quickly use their athleticism and speed? Um, I'm not saying it's tonight, but maybe they're going to start doing that in the next couple of weeks while they wait for Zion. Because Zion, it's not just his points that you're missing. He was point Zion. He was bringing the ball up the court. He was driving and kicking. He was assisting. He was doing a lot of those different things. So if you want CJ to probably start scoring more and going to rely on that, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's what you see the Pels sort of do. Coach Green on CJ playing better. I think he's he's getting healthy. Uh, he had moments where he was sick, kind of out for a few games, not in the best rhythm, but he's starting to get healthy. He's moving well, and um, this is the time in the season where he, he sort of picks it up. All right. He's going to need to pick it up, right? Hopefully he can do that as well. We'll take a quick break. Coming up bottom of the hour, Saints and Pelicans team reporter Aaron Summers will join us. But up next, Ralph Marlborough. His thoughts on the Saints next on ESPN New Orleans. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become a part of something bigger and join the team. We're currently hiring for drivers, warehousemen, riggers, crane operators, and forklift operators to work out of Port Fouchon. So apply now at danos.com or call 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. The biggest names in sports are on ESPN Radio. Talking with the Hall of Famer Tom Glavin. The guy of Otani talent. If he focused solely on pitching, would he become, you know, the best pitcher in baseball? I'm pretty sure it would be a better pitcher. Adam Thielen, Vikings wide receiver. Every day it seems like a new receiver is, is breaking some type of record as far as guaranteed money. Do your ears perk <laughs> up a little bit? Definitely uh, is incentive to keep playing and, and keep taking care of my body to extend my career as much as possible. Dominican Sue, three-time <laughs> All-Pro defensive tackle joining us. What's happening, big baby? Can't stay away from me, huh? Nah, not at all. I'm enjoying every bit of it. Baron Davis joining us right now. Is there any accountability between players, or do you stay out of each other's business when it comes to contracts? Stay out of each other's business. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get involved, and it's no what if. <laughs> the biggest names in sports come here, and it all starts weekday mornings with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, and continues all day. This is ESPN Radio. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Just want to be out there and make a playoff run and all that type of stuff. You know, uh, you know, everybody been talking to me, asking me how I'm doing. It was just kind of hard. You know, I had to stay up, though. You know, I didn't get depressed or nothing like that. You know, I just had to stay up and keep fighting through it that's it that's marshawn Lattimore on finally getting back onto the field ralph marbo as always appreciate the time do you think he might have made a difference sir <laughs> i think he was you know that was a, that was a, the the frustrating thing about the eagles game like he, he does the pick six off gardner Minshew. by the way keep that guy as far away from the 2023 saints as possible i'm glad dennis allen uh murdered gardner Minshew mania in the crib 
But when he was celebrating the end zone, after I, after I was excited, I knew the Saints were going to win. I'm not going to lie, Gus. I was like, I wonder if Dennis Allen's thinking the exact same thing I'm thinking. Like, he would have probably won the Cincinnati game. Probably would have won the second Tampa game. Maybe another game because he makes a big play late. Like, he mad, like, he matters a lot because he is the Saints' best player. Yeah. Like, you know, and I just think, like, good players matter a lot. You don't pay a dude $100 million because he's not that good. It's just, he makes a ton of difference, and he allows Dennis Allen to play his defense the way he really wants to play it. That's you a good know? Point. And uh, it's just like, the older I get, Gus, the more I think it's like the NFL, like, it's like 40% luck, 40% how you build your roster, and like 20% of it is injury. Like, that's, that's just the formula for the NFL. And like, the Saints just, man, they had bad luck and bad yeah. injuries, and that's how, you, that's how it goes sometimes. It's remarkable, too, coincidence or not. Cam Jordan gets three sacks, the D line all of a sudden looks better. When you have that guy there, is that kind of along the lines of what you're saying? I mean, I think so. I think I think no part of the defensive line starting to, starting to be better. And Cam Cam Jordan was really good against Cleveland, by the way. It was a, Cleveland was a weird game because nine thousand degrees below zero, and the Saints like didn't want Deshaun Watson to run and beat them, so they were rushing kind of very restrained. But I think the reason Cam Jordan sort of come to life recently is the Saints. Finally, we're like, we're done with Marcus Davenport, and they're playing Carl Granderson. And Carl Granderson is like a legit, above-average, pretty good defensive end. And he's a guy that's got five-and-a-half sacks now. And I think when the Saints on the defensive line, when they have a guy besides Cam Jordan that teams have to worry about, Cam Jordan suddenly comes to life. I mean, that's what happened last year, right? Like, Davenport really got going on Yamada, got going at the end of the year, and and then we're like, oh, wow, Cam Jordan's coming to life, too. Like, I just think Cam Jordan's at a point, he's still pretty good, but he can't be your best guy on your defensive line. You know, guys, like, if you put Cam Jordan on, like, Philadelphia's defensive line or San Francisco, he would cook still, even though he's older, right? But, like, Mm -hmm. Cam Jordan can't be, like, your best guy by a lot on the defensive line. He's just just not that guy anymore. You bring up that point. Was he benched or not? I mean, I... He was taken out of that game, right? Was yeah, I mean, I, like he's not, he's not, he's play, he plays on some pass rushing downs a little, but like the Saints, like whether it's, I'm not privy to it, so I can't, I can't speculate as to why, but they're clearly like moving along from him, whether it's injury related or strictly performance. Like they're playing Granderson instead of him, and Gus, I think there's a very, very likely possibility. That as we like to call him on Saints Twitter, Marcus Dufers, like he's not, he's either not going to be on the Saints yeah. in 2023, or I could see the Saints giving him a ridiculous lowball offer and being like, "Listen, Marcus, you can come back. We'll lowball you, and your contract will void again after 2023." Because the Saints, he counts eight million dollars against the salary cap either way, whether he's on the team or off. So if he wanted to take a ridiculously low ball offer from the Saints, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, Gus, I think it's more likely than not, like, they're done with him. Like, and it's cr- it's crazy to me. Yeah. At the end of last year, he was the best player on the defense. Like, the defense that was top probably five or top three in the NFL, of all of them, CD of Lattimore, Marcus Williams, like, all of the guys. Camp Jordan had Dude, the, just... the, the, the renaissance. Like, uh... Marcus Davenport was the best one of all of them. And this year, he's been a non-factor. 
character, and not just because of injury. It's it's one of the it's one of the things that kind of quietly sunk twenty twenty two for the Saints. Of all, you know, we talk about all these other things like mm-hmm. Marcus Davenport being terrible and a non factor was kind of huge. I mean, it's a huge thing, right? Because when yeah. you take a look at the fact that this is his contract year, this is a guy that you you moved up for. You mm-hmm. didn't just you know draft him in the first. You you moved up for him, and man, you go back to that draft. I, I I still remember to to this day. Look, it wasn't his fault. He didn't get asked, you know, for the team to move up to fourteen to select him. But I said at the time, at that position, he's going to be judged by sacks. He's going mm-hmm. to be judged by. I mean, it's just what it is. How you judge defensive ends, right? Pressure on the quarterback. It just is what it is when it comes to that. And when you look at where you are right now, and I understand totally that Cam Jordan said, hey, he does a lot, he frees us up, that's that's fine. But that's not what you want where a guy where you could have gotten Alante Taylor, Lamar Jackson, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're going you're to right. pass up those players and he has a half a sack this season, that's not what you moved up for. I mean, that's, and by the way, that's not Dennis Allen, that's Sean Payton. That was a disaster pick. And Payton Turner yeah. kind of looks the same as well right now. Yeah, well, at least, at least he's not Peyton too first, right? Um, but listen, their that defensive line, it's in a puts quarterback aside. I think defensive line is like the thing they got to fix because they got like they can't really stop the run. And for the life of me, I cannot understand why Philly they fell behind two scores, Gus, and they abandoned the run. I counted two or three times where they handed off to Miles Sanders. And the only thing between Miles Sanders and like an eighty-yard house call was a tackle by Daniel Thorne. Like the middle of the Saints' defensive line is it's bad, and Onyemata and Tuttle and Roche. I mean, you guys, you have these guys that are oh, Onyemata's a mid-round pick, but the rest of them are UDFA's, and like that isn't going to cut it. And the, the thing is with the Saints, guys, they never really, even when the defense has been really good, the the under the under Dennis Allen. They never really got like a lot of pass rush from the middle, right? Like Onyemata had a good couple years, but then he got on the then he got off the PDs and his pass rush kind of disappeared. Although he's coming back a little. But the point was they had fat guys in the middle, right? And yeah, they didn't give you any pass rush, but like uh, Malcolm Brown, they 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 stopped the run. Now the defensive tackles don't give you anything. They don't give you pass rush. They can't stop the run. Like they have got to fix defensive tackle on defense because I think it's I mean it's just it's just bad and like. We'll, we'll see it. Like Carolina's going to try to jam the ball down yeah. their throat, so we'll we'll see it this week. And and it's, I think it's one of those things where like Dennis Allen kind of had the, the the Sean Payton thing with wide receivers. He's like, I got Drew, I got I, got, I can take anybody. You just you give me a hobo, I, I'll make it work at wide receiver. <laughs> and it and it and it worked until it didn't, right? Right. And I think the Saints they got to fix it. The good thing is like you can go out and get some fat guy defensive tackles that like can stop the run, mm-hmm. and it doesn't cost you that much. So, like, the good thing is that that's a fixable problem that the Saints, I think, can fix in the offseason pretty easily, even with their constraints of cap and maybe not a first-round pick. It's not like quarterback or uh, wide receiver or whatever, where yeah. it's like you have to spend a lot of money or premium assets to fix it. Like, it's a fixable problem, but it's, it's pretty bad, I think. And that's where I go next. Speak with Ralph Marlboro at Saints Forecast, a way to follow him over on Twitter. So I spoke about this list already. These uh, sport rack on Twitter, 
posted the potential available QBs next year, right? Lamar Jackson. Now, I mean, bet on himself. I mean, he could be franchised. I get it. He's potentially available. Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, Jordan Love, Mike White, Zach Wilson, Taylor Heineke, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky. Who's your Saints quarterback? I mean, that is the saddest <laughs> list I've ever heard in my entire life. You know the gif of if you're a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan of Larry David where he like kind of just like shrugs and groans? Like that's what I think about Saints quarterback. Like any name you give me, it's like Jimmy G. It's like, eh, David Carr. Eh. Andy Dalton coming back. I would say this. The thing is to me, guys, on any free agent quarterback the Saints would get, like, it depends on price, right? Like, if, like, David Carr, if the Saints, if you had a breaking news and you were like, Adam Schefter reports that the Saints are trading a fourth round pick to the Raiders and they're signing David Carr to a four year, $83 million contract, I'd be like, hmm, that's all right. $20 million for David Carr and you gave up a fourth round pick, whatever. That's okay. That's okay. He's kind of like, like he's younger than Andy Dalton. He's going to be like best case scenario. He'll be like the tenth best quarterback. Worst case scenario, he'll be like the eighteenth or twentieth best quarterback. That's not bad. But if it's breaking news and it's like the Saints gave up a, the fortieth pick and they signed David Carr to a hundred and fifty million dollar contract and a hundred million dollar guarantee, I'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe they just did that, right? And that's the thing. Teams are so desperate at quarterbacks. Like, I think the Jimmy G's and their cars, like, they're going to get, like, ridiculous Agreed. money. Right? The, Jet, and that, that's the Colts. The I mean, th- those are teams that are absolutely mm. going to try to upgrade those positions. And that's why I- I'm all in favor of, you know, if you want to look that way, I just, I'm so leery of, hey, it didn't work there and there. It's going to work that's here. Right. I mean, it didn't work for Baker in a couple spots. And here's the thing. If you go with Bogus, look how he's playing with the Rams. He's got Sean McVay. I don't right. even know who the Saints offensive coordinator is going to be next year because Ralph, as I read that list, who's the Saints OC? I think we all see it's not going to be P. Carmichael. Didn't want the job to begin with. It hadn't gone yeah. well this year. Even in that game against Philly, it, it felt like they sat on that 13 point lead. Too many field goals, not touchdowns. He's not going to be the OC. So where do they go at OC? Because I think that also depends on which one of these quarterbacks, especially if he's a vet, wants to come here. Yeah, I, I think that's what I, I argue with people on social media and my emails and Twitter. I'm like, can we stop talking about will they or should they fire Dennis Allen? Because he's coming back. Yeah. The interesting discussion with the Saints is who's going to be offensive coordinator, even before quarterback, because, Gus, you know this, like, you may not like Pete Carmichael, and I'm kind of man on him. I think he's been a little bit better than people give him credit for. And they had a lot of they had a, the offensive line was a disaster against Philadelphia. The second half. They're missing three dudes. That was part of it. He he really coached the pants off of Philadelphia in the first half. Uh, but the thing is with offensive coordinator, like Dennis Allen, he this is the most important hire that he's ever going to make. Because here's the thing: if he makes a great hire and it's a young hotshot offensive coordinator, right? And they, they keep Andy Dalton, or maybe they finagle some sort of trade and they get C.J. Stroud or Will Levis, and they hire this hotshot offensive coordinator, right? And at the end of the year, they're like, oh, they're 11-6, and six, and Will Levis is the guy. And Dennis Allen's coach of the year, Will Levis is rookie of the year, and the Saints just won the division title, and the new offensive coordinator, like, he's going to get job interviews everywhere. Then Dennis Allen's locked in long-term. 
But what if he goes backwards? What if he hires like a Matt Patricia quality offensive coordinator for the Patriots, you know, or like a Joe Judge type guy? And or Carl Smith, if you're an old head Saints fan, and the Saints go backwards in, on offense, then it sounds getting fired out of a cannon next January, right? So, like, that's the critical hire, I think, for Dennis Allen. And to me, the question people need to ask about offense coordinator, I wish the media would do this, is it isn't about, like, general questions of, like, who do you, do you how do you want to run the ball? Because Dennis Allen's always going to say, I want ball control, I want to sure. run the ball, I want to protect the ball, I want to be, be physical. Like, no, it's like, what kind of scheme do you want on offense? Do you want to run the ball like Kyle Shanahan? Are you comfortable hiring a guy as offensive coordinator who's never called plays? Like, those are the things that like, really matter, Gus, because this hire is going to decide Dennis Allen's fate. Well, I, I, I couldn't agree more how you put it. It's kind of a big decision moving forward <laughs> in the offseason as the Saints will wrap up the season on Wednesday. you got a couple of days. You're really good at writing. You do it over at WWLTV.com. But I'm going to ask you to give me a headline to summarize the season next Wednesday. Okay, cool. Scott Prather already he said he he, he was going. Um, oh, what was it? it oh, I have a terrible memory. Um, you could have, or you should have, or something. Or I, it started with the Y, and I forgot. I got a, I got a, I got a three word headline for the Saints season because they're going to beat Carolina. The three word headline for the 2022 Saints is stupid Bucks game. Like that's it. That's it. The Bucks game, huh? <laughs> That's, it. That's it. You know, but I will say this about the Carolina game. I know the Saints and Carolina, it doesn't matter for playoffs, but I think this game, in a weird way, Gus, it, it, you probably shoot down my theory, but I don't care. I think this game is kind of low-key critical for the Saints draft in 2023, and here's why. If the Saints can put it on Carolina and make Darnold look really bad, mm-hmm. I think that pushes Carolina – more towards firing Wilkes and at least getting into the Sean Payton sweepstakes. And I'm not saying he'll go to Carolina or the Saints would let him, but the more teams in for Sean Payton, the more the price goes up, the more likely you are okay. to get a 2023 first-round pick. So I think it's kind of it's important that the Saints win, and the ideal scenario is they really put it on Carolina and well, really make Tepper make an emotional decision to fire Wilkes. I, you know, here's the other thing. Jim Harbaugh reportedly has already mm-hmm. talked to the yeah. owner, right? Or the owner's already talked to him about interest mm-hmm. there. So would he leave Michigan or not? But it's something to keep an eye on. Ralph Marbro at Saints Forecast, the way to give him a follow. Scott Prather just texted me. Missed opportunities was his headline. So we'll talk about <laughs> that on Wednesday when the season is done. Ralph, enjoy the weekend, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Talk to you next week, Doug. Aaron Summers next on ESPN New Orleans. At Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center, we're improving the health and well-being of the region one person at a time. And this means more tea times, more play time, more time to do good, more fast time, and more once upon a time. Isn't it time you started living your best life? Change starts here at Thibodeau Regional Wellness Center. NFL Wildcard Weekend is here. That's right, it has arrived. And the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. 
Just sign up with promo code PLAY. So don't miss out. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, and West Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming and Kansas or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. At Aaron E. Summers, the way to follow Pelicans as the team reporter. Aaron, good afternoon. How are you? I am doing great. How are you? It's so nice outside. Is the team outside today? No. No, they play in the Superdome. They play inside, <laughs> so they're practicing inside. I, I know. <laughs> I just have so many practices left. I'd be like, let's go outside and have fun, man. It's um, not very many days that are this nice, especially after the last couple of weeks being out there in the cold and stuff. You were up there at Philadelphia. Were you surprised with the way this team has played the last two weeks, in particular against the number one team in the NFC? It's kind of wild if you look at it. Defensively, the Saints have been playing some of their best ball for a while. Um, you know, like since week eight, I think, they've been holding teams to just an average of 15 points per game. So they've kind of been locked in on that side of the ball. It's just been the, the inability to close some of these games down the stretch, and I think that's where they've turned the corner. They've been able to do that here these last three games, and the way that they did that against the Eagles with Marshawn Lattimore's pick six was incredible for his first game back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just kind of wild that you come in and you play the team, the best team in the league and get eliminated the same day. It's a very weird scenario, but right. they played great. I love the link. I love the atmosphere. I love how they play the Rocky music on third. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's a great environment. And, the way the Saints play, though, it took that crowd out the game. You could kind of feel the rumblings and and that negative energy starting to brew. Oh, I mean, it wasn't even rumblings. You heard boos. <laughs> A lot of them. <laughs> but the way the team did it was just being physical, right? And it was remarkable. You've seen it, obviously, now the, the locker room, I guess, speech from Dennis Allen. And it wasn't nearly as emotional, I guess, as Cleveland, but there was a part of him – saying that you were down three linemen and to close it out the way they did by running the football. It is crazy. You saw early in that game, Ryan Ramchick on an exercise bike, while the Saints offense is on the field. They were down three starting linemen and were able to run the football like that. That's pretty, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean, going into that game, they knew they were going to be down two of their starting linemen, and they shifted some players around, and then you go, and as you mentioned, Ryan Ramchick gets hurt in the game, so you're down three. Things did shift a little bit at that point. Um, you know, they had been rolling offensively through the first quarter, second quarter, and the second half was a little different. They allowed seven sacks, um, but they kept getting back up and going back after it. And little by little, I mean, it was enough. 130 yards on the ground is is not too bad considering. Right. So, you know, they found a way to make it work with the backups in and. Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill kind of mix some stuff up. Look, Pete and Ruiz and so many other linemen have missed some games. They've almost been 
kind of in game. You know what? I feel like with Ryan Ramchek, OTAs, he kind of didn't do anything right. Mini yeah. It, it yeah, was I mean, kind of a Ramchick... slow progression. And even during the season, Aaron, like they kept giving him off Wednesdays and stuff. I feel like he hasn't been healthy for almost a year now. Yeah, it's been like a load management thing for him, right? Like we hear that in the NBA all the time. But he always gets Wednesdays off. And he's definitely been battling. I, th- I think it's a, a knee thing aggravation but um this it was a hit um in the game on sunday so something a little bit different but yeah i mean he's definitely somebody that's gone through it i mean the trenches are a tough place to be and right now we're going to kind of see how they adjust going into this game this weekend because in game they you know didn't make trevor penny move over into a different position and they didn't move guys around they kind of kept them where they had been and then just brought up people from the practice squad um prior to the game so we'll see if they mix it up a little bit differently this weekend i was going to ask you that could this be a situation too where again you don't want to use the word meaningless especially since dennis allen said it's not but could you give trevor penning a start here just to kind of see yeah i think you know they've just been using him on those jumbo packages and because of that, they didn't want to, you know, mix up the rhythm that they had started there. But with three people down, you might have to shift James Hurst over and then bring in Trevor Penning there at the left tackle spot because Hurst has more experience playing the other positions. And that's obviously Trevor's spot. So right. I think he'll have a couple of days here at practice to run through some of the different scenarios and, and mix it up a little bit, see what they want to do. Um, gives, gives them some time to get some real reps. This hasn't um, that, been in that position. Sorry, Aaron. Uh, this hasn't okay. been one of the seasons that you know more positive stories than, than than not. But I think definitely something we'll be talking about heading into the off season. Rashid Shahid. Like I don't think this is a guy that you just hey, this was a nice kind of storyline. He's been a weapon, right? I heard in the broadcast he's number one in the NFL in terms of yards after a catch or, or yards per catch. He's mm-hmm. been a big playmaker for this team. With questions about Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry likely to at least be asked in the offseason, because Jarvis isn't signed, Michael is, but I, I think Rashid Shahid is going to be somebody that you're going to think about next year. Yeah, I mean, he was coming off that ACL injury, didn't exactly know what they had in him until they got him on the field. I mean, they they knew what he had done in college, and he was one of the best returners in the FCS, which... I mean, I think he holds the record for most kicks returned for a touchdown. Um, So they knew that they had a really special guy as a returner, but I don't think they realized what all they had in him as a wide receiver. So they've been using him a lot more as the season's gone on. He's clearly comfortable in the system. He's got over 75 receiving yards in three of the past four games. And as you mentioned, 18 yards per catch. I mean, that's not bad. (laughs) I mean, you are averaging numbers like that. So he's definitely been a bright spot on this team and ways for him to step up when he had the opportunity. Speaking with Aaron Summers, Aaron E. Summers over on Twitter. She covers the Saints and Pelicans as the team reporter as we switch on over to there. 7 o'clock tonight, Houston. The news, not what we wanted to hear yesterday. Zion's going to be evaluated in three weeks. So that's at least three weeks, Aaron. 22 yeah. games before the All-Star break. And B.I. is missing his 18th game today. Look, it is what it is. Other guys like Nazi Marshall said 
have to step up, next man up. I get that. There's no next man up when it comes to Zion, so others are going to have to contribute. I saw today the team called up Darian Sebron. Shemit Dua from the, um, at Fear of the Brown on Twitter has been posting. He could maybe do some things that Zion did in terms of catching the ball around the arc, the elbow, and he likes to drive to the basket. I know mm-hmm. you said in the game that I filled in for Todd, who's going to take that shot? He was the player you talked about. From that preseason game in Detroit to now, can Darian Sebron be a guy that this team kind of, you know, uses a little in the next three weeks? Darian Sebron is such a fun player to watch. He can take it to the hoop very quickly. He's very athletic. Uh, I think in his last Dewey game just last night, he had 33 points. So he definitely can score, um, definitely a different element. He's not as big of a force as Zion is, but he can help you get to the rim. And, I, I mean, you, you've you seen him play. Like, he's great. Uh, his bounce is great. He can rebound. So we'll see if we see him at all. I think it's more of they just need him as far as numbers in case anything happens to the starting rotation, you know, the first 10 guys. What about Jackson Hayes? Could he be somebody that sees a, a few more minutes here with, with Zion out? Yeah, yeah, I think so, just because of the way he's been playing lately. I mean, he's definitely stepped up and been somebody that's had an impact when they've needed it. He's definitely somebody that can guard, you know, basically all five. And I don't know, he's been making better decisions. He's definitely been um, making some improvements in his game from over the past few months. And I think they're starting to trust him more, and I think they will definitely go to him more over the stretch. Aaron, uh, Coach Green said it after practice yesterday. They're not messing around with Houston. If you do so, you see what happened mm-hmm. last night to the Celtics at OKC without SGA. 150 points dropped on them. What in your prep work for tonight do you think is the, the biggest challenge that the Pels will face tonight from Houston? They're rebounding, and they're so good on the glass. Mm. They're fourth in the league in rebounds. They're first in rebound percentage. So without Zion... Uh, without Larry Nance, it's going to be tough. And they they talked about it a lot and shoot around today and worked on um, emphasizing the perimeter, making sure that they're not allowing them to get into the paint. So packing the paint really is going to be a big defensive game plan for them, for the Pelicans, to, to keep Houston from getting inside, getting the rebounds, getting the second chance points, and getting to the line. Um, offensively, the Pels have to limit their turnovers. That's, you know, Coach Green's talked about it, you know, with the style of play. They like to play fast. They like to be aggressive. You're going to get turned, you're going to turn the ball over, but they've just been doing it way too much. Yeah, those turnovers. And um, I, I said it a couple times already on the show, Aaron, you, you hear him in your ear. He loses it, the graph. <laughs> These two on one, three or one, the careless turnovers where you're blowing either alley oop dunks or just turning the ball over. When you have numbers in a transition, too, those are the careless ones that Coach Green said yesterday. He just, it, you know, ugh, annoying. Yeah. Something else he said after practice today, which I thought was, was cool, is, you know, he said, don't be afraid to take the shot. You know, we've seen a lot of the players, um, you know, it's great when they share the ball, and they definitely do a good job of that. But sometimes they, you know, they, um, you know, look to pass rather than taking an open shot or, or, doing something themselves. And he said, you got to trust your work and, and trust in yourself as well. And don't be afraid to take those shots. Um, so 
maybe that will cut down on the turnovers mm-hmm. a little bit. Aaron E. Summers, the way to follow over on Twitter, and you do so right there in the timeline. She'll uh, have the link to the latest Saints podcast. you got a really special guest, especially considering Cam Jordan's now the all-time sack leader for mm-hmm. the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Who to talk to? Yeah. Uh, former Vikings defensive tackle, the Pro Football Hall of Famer, John Randall. Just such an incredible conversation with him. He talked about Cam Jordan running around in their locker room. He said that Cam Jordan's dad, Steve Jordan, would bring him to practice every week and Cam would just go hang out with the defensive guys in the locker room because they're always goofing off and that's why they think that he decided to jump to the defensive side of the ball because those the D-line was always talking smack about how they're tougher than everybody else Mm -hmm. because Cam's dad was a tight end so he played offense offensive side so it's just funny to hear some of his stories about Cam growing up and what's impressed him as a football player. Aaron, appreciate the time as always. See you tonight at the Blender. Sounds good. Can't wait to see everybody there. Yep, 7 o'clock is the tip time against the Rockets. Pelican seven-point favorites. When we come back, we'll talk to the professor. So, Texas A&M has 27 players that have entered a portal, but they now have a coach joining their ranks as an assistant. Thank you, buddy, for that. We'll talk about Bobby Petrino heading over to Texas A&M, leaving UNLV next on ESPN New Orleans. Did you or your loved ones go without this hurricane season? Well, this year, go with Industrial Power Systems, your only local power generation professional serving Lafourche for over 18 years. We offer sales, service, installation, and maintenance on all major brands of residential, commercial, industrial, and marine generators for the most trusted brands in the industry. Generac, Kohler, Briggs & Stratton, Cummins Onan, and many more. Industrial Power Systems. Power is our middle name. Call us today at 632-1692 or come see us on the back road in Galliano. Balance. You may know what that word means, but can you apply its meaning to your body? You see, it's all about the brain. At Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic, doctors work to locate and remove any nerve interference so your brain can communicate clearly with your body and help you correctly heal quicker. Located in Lakeview and West Harrison, Dr. Josh Roulette and his team at UCFC utilize a number of therapies to make your road to pain relief, recovery, and total body wellness efficient and effective. Go to ucfamilychiropractic.com for more information. Educate yourself on your body and let us get you back to balance. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DufresneLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference. Always on the run and short on cash. With a state bank and trust company debit card, you can pay for goods and services without the need for cash in your pockets or the hassle of writing checks. Available on all consumer and commercial checking account holders. Call or stop by any State Bank and Trust location for all the details. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. Member FDIC. Talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003, as you just heard. That is the number to give us a call on the... 
Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. As the professor rejoins us here, you've had a minute to look at the list. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in here as well. Of potential NFL quarterbacks, Nick. Potential. Available. NFL quarterbacks. Now look, Lamar Jackson's at the top of that list. The Ravens can franchise tag him. Again. He wants 250. He, he wants, uh, Deshaun Watson's deal. 250 right. guaranteed is what he would be. Um, he's on that list. Tom Brady on that list. Obviously, we all think he's going to go where Sean goes. Daniel Jones, what will the Giants do? Derek Carr, a guy that I think a lot of people have interest here and association with Dennis Allen. To me, Professor, it's trade or release. If they release him, I think the Saints may be in play, but I think the Jets and the Colts are two teams that maybe think about it. Although I think mm-hmm. the Jets probably like the next name on that list, Jimmy Garoppolo. Salah and him from San Francisco makes sense. Tannehill, Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, Jordan Love, who I think is going to get some, some interest, right? Mike yeah. White, Zach Wilson, no interest. Taylor Heineke, you might be interested. Matt Ryan, better retire. Carson Wentz, Dunzo. Jameis Winston, poor fella. Marcus Mariota, and then Mitch Trubisky working at a sandwich oh, shop near you. Your um, boy. I don't know. Again, one okay. one very lucky sandwich shop is going to get a really I, just go like I, go work like for uh, where do you play again? Mitch Trubisky. The go work for the ACC network. You know, go go like go be like Tebow. Go be on a network and like do like the NC State game where like five people will watch. Like just go go do TV. You're you're not an NFL quarterback. Bye bye. Lord Jesus, please <laughs> for for yeah. all for everything that I, I, I've prayed so hard. Trubisky uh-huh. to New Orleans, yeah. Please. Oh no, no. Just, <laughs> let me tell you something. You, for that reason alone, just for that reaction. Oh no, Lord. no, no. It, I, it, you know, you know, like when a player does well, they get drug tested. Immediately, right? Like when somebody, like Donovan Mitchell, I think posted he got drug tested. 71 in the NFL, when you do well, you get drug tested. Um, committed. Committed would be the word that I would use for the front office staff and Mickey Loomis. Like I, he, I wouldn't, I would need a mental evaluation if the man said Mitchell Trubisky was the Saints quarterback moving forward. Oh, dear Lord. Now okay. I look at the list. Uh, sincerely. Yeah, sincerely. Like, where are you going? If you're going the route of the vet, those are the veteran available quarterbacks. That's the question. That's the list. First of all, if Dennis Allen is going to be your guy, I think he's coming back. Yeah. It's assumed that Dennis Allen is coming back because of the way that the season has ended and just the feeling in, in the building that Dennis Allen is going to be your guy next year. Jeff Duncan's report. I mean, it just, it just seems like it, right? Possibly go into the season on a short leash though. So he may be your guy, but he may not be, he may not be your guy all season. Just possibly. I don't know if, if they do that though, huh? You think he's on a short I, leash? Cause then that will determine who that OC is. If the OC has had coaching experience, then I could kind of see that. But I don't know if you do that for him. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's up in the air right now. The feeling is that he's going to come back. So if he's your guy. He's back. You gotta look at this list realistically and say, who would Dennis Allen want? You know, you can't look at it as, you know, 
would Gus Catengill want? Who would Nick Harrison want? Right. Who would Dennis Allen want? And the guy at the top of that list is Andy Dalton. I mean, to look at it realistically, if you look at that whole list of guys who is available to come back next year, who could, who the Saints could possibly get? Because you've already said Tom Brady will probably go wherever Sean goes if he comes back next season because he looks like a hollowed out shell of who Tom Brady used to be. Maybe he could eat another avocado, drink another avocado shake and be good to go for next season. I don't know. Lamar Jackson, I fully expect the Ravens to franchise him again and bring him back because they're just, they're going to franchise him until they can't franchise him anymore. Right. Uh, and Daniel Jones, I don't think is a realistic option. Derek Carr may be one of those guys. Jimmy Garoppolo, if he doesn't go to the Jets, might be in the mix for it because the whispers have been out there before for Jimmy G possibly coming to New Orleans. Right. Uh, Jameis Winston is on the list. Maybe you want to bring Jameis back, but, but it can't. I, exactly. If Dennis Allen is your guy coming back next season, more than likely Jameis Winston is going to be all given the opportunity to seek elsewhere to see if somebody else maybe wants to take a flyer on here or take a chance. But Miami um, for Roy. Oh, I would love him to go to Miami. <laughs> but see, I don't think they give up on two of them. What about like, Tampa? I don't think Miami gives- no, I don't think they give. But, but it's, I don't think they. I don't. I, I don't look at it like the way in terms of giving up. But if that man gets a concussion yeah. next year, yeah, you know, I mean, that, that's something to really start thinking about uh, from that perspective. Clearly, they're a different team when he's healthy and all that other stuff. But look, I I, I don't rule out. And I saw already the reports that Tampa, you know, Derek Carr are going to be. I mean, look, the Bucks, the Panthers. Are going to be drafting a quarterback, right? You got to imagine or think. Falcons, I mean, Todd McShay is Will Levis from Kentucky going to Atlanta. So I just, I, I, it's crazy when you look at this division. All four teams are looking for a quarterback next year. Like they're, they're all looking for their franchise quarterback. All four teams. Think about that. The entire division. Hmm. It's, it's like Scott Prather said, the headline, missed opportunities. You're right. You're right. You know? I mean, yeah. that division was at the having for the New Orleans Saints, man. At yeah. the having. Oh, boy. But look, Ralph Marlboro also brought up something else, too. That's the obvious, which is why, again, I think it just makes sense. Affordability, comfortability in terms of. Andy Dalton and Dennis. I just I think it's Andy to start, right? Or to compete as your starter and then you draft somebody that just makes sense, especially when you start looking at I think it's a big need. I mean, it's something else that I, I sent you a little bit earlier, I think, in terms of the line. I mean, the Saints line is an issue, right? Mm-hmm. As I'm sending it to you here right now as well, uh that boy Wolf on Twitter tweeted earlier today, you just put it all Succinctly so we could just see it. Davenport, free agent. Anyamana, free agent. Turner, meh. Jordan, possible cap casualty. On offense, Ramchek, bum knee. Ruiz, lives Frank. Pete equals Pete. <laughs> the point is, you, you, the games you've won, you've played well in the trenches, right? Been able to run football, stop the, the run, pressure the quarterback. We just saw Philly. But that's a big question mark at right defensive end. Mm-hmm. I, I do not see the Saints signing long-term Marcus Davenport. The guy got benched, essentially, against Philadelphia. Now, do you do what Ralph Marlboro said? You just give him a like a two-year, one-year, low-ball sort of offer and hope that he can, you know, provide something for you? Or do you just move on? I mean, Trey Turner, 
I mean, Peyton Turner's another first-round pick at defensive end. It's not like this team isn't trying to find that guy, right? But and in the middle of, of the, I, I don't think you're resigning on Yamada. No, I mean it's. And if Cam Jordan says, "Come on, NFL Network, I'm ready for my TV job," you want some, you're some deep doo doo up front. If you're the Saints right now, it looks like rebuilding in a lot of different parts for the team. Like you, you, it looks like there are certain pieces that you. There's no way that you're not bringing back. I mean, there are guys who are under contract. There are guys who were in the last year of their contract that you're going to try to resign and bring back in. But then there are going to be some that you just let go. And there are going to be some where it's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take our chances on the free agent market or in the draft. Right. Got to look at how many draft picks the Saints have this season and what the value is for some of the guys that are going to be in those areas. You know, because at the end of the day, we see what the Saints are trying to do, uh, as far as winning now, because, you know, you can't win, go to the playoffs. You're done for the rest of the season. You got one more game left. You're going to try to win that one ended on a high note. And then you go into the off season trying to plug holes and replace guys that are going to be, uh, probably leaving and got spots that you really need to fill so you if you're dennis allen and you are coming back next season yeah you've got a big task ahead of you to look at what the current state of your team and see what needs to be done in the offseason in order to get this team competitive again because if you look at the rest of the nfc south i, I feel like it's going to be an arms race between all four teams because everybody was on the precipice of possibly winning the division mm-hmm. but that's because of division was so terrible so bad right like if you add a little bit to your team you could probably come out ahead yeah i i definitely think you're back in the mix next year but at the same time some of that is based off of the fact that i think your strength is a strength and that's defense well how many of those players are coming back there you know next year so man i I, it's going to be a very interesting decision Yes. And off season for the Saints. We've reached the end of hour number two. Mr. Professor, when we talk to you again, we'll wrap up the show at 245. You'll also preview some of your guests mañana as you'll be over on the best bank. What about over there at Boomtown Casino, sir? Ooh. All right, man. We'll talk to you in a little bit. Coming up know. at 215, Sean Fox, a buddy of yours. How is he handling and feeling well, what the Saints have been doing? And also at the bottom of the hour, Eric Alexander won a national championship. Won a world championship. The Tigers and the Patriots. His thoughts on LSU, a young freshman linebacker entering the transfer portal. We'll touch on that next on ESPN New Orleans.